Hey, good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? How many of you glad to be here today? I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Jesus is alive. Amen. Any testimony to a changed life this morning? Amen. 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 Welcome. Glad you're here today. We're always glad to start off the day with, with a baptism, and we're excited about that. We have uh, Lucille Nix to baptize here in just a minute. We're excited about that. And Miles Harris. Let's give it up for them. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. We actually have three others, but due to illness, they're not able to be here today, so we'll reschedule them, so we'll celebrate another day, and so we're, we're excited. Glad to have our youth back, and man, I've been hearing some great things about y'all, so praise the Lord, amen? Praise the Lord, that's right. Had a great week at Infuge. That's everything I'm hearing, and so anyway, we welcome you today. We're glad for you to be here, and, and before our baptism, let me just read a word. From the Word, Acts 16, we're in Acts 16 this morning, and we'll talk a little bit in just a moment about this Philippian jailer who gets saved, and, and it says that um, he asked this question, verse 30, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. It says he was baptized at once. He followed through in baptism. That's what we're having today. We're having uh, for Lucille and Miles. They're following through in baptism. They placed their faith in Christ and now they're showing everybody they're not ashamed of him and they're saying, hey, listen, we're following Jesus. The first step of obedience to be baptized. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful and excited just to be here this morning. Thankful for all that you're doing in the lives of your people, in our children, in our students, uh, in, in, in adults. Lord, we just see you working in a powerful way, and we're thankful for that. So Lord, today we give you praise. We, it all belongs to you. And so Father, right now, would you bless these two that we're going to baptize today for Lucille and Miles. Would you bless them? And Father, we just pray for their their walk with you. Lord, that they would walk before you, Lord, faithfully, Lord, all their lives. We pray, Lord, that they would not turn to the right or to the left, but Lord, they will follow you. And, and we just look forward with great anticipation of, of seeing what you're going to do in their lives, how you're going to use them for your kingdom, for your glory. Help us as a church to gather around them, to encourage them, Lord, as they encourage us as well. Father, now bless this time. And we just pray for our service today, that everything we say and do be for your glory. In Jesus we pray, amen. This time, oh, here's Lucille. She's already right here. So here's Lucille, and we're going to baptize her first. All right. Careful. Here we go. All right. Yeah, sit down. No, that's already halfway. <laughs> you grab my arm right here. All right. Now, Lucille, let me ask you, have you asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins? Yes. Yes. And on your public profession of faith, I baptize thee, my sister, Lucille, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Hey. Amen. Careful. Amen. All righty, Miles, you're up, brother. Amen. Listen, I, I meant to say this earlier about Lucille. She was saved, I think, at, at uh, Bible school at Piney. So we always praise the Lord for Bible schools, right? And uh, thankful here. And, and Miles, let me ask you, you told me you were at a camp too when you got saved, weren't you? Uh, have you asked the Lord to come in and save you? Yes, sir. I believe that. Let me tell you, he's, he, lot, a lot of people don't look for the preacher. Trust me on that one. And he came up after service several weeks ago to tell me he got saved. And so what a great testimony, right? Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Your grandma on there, brother. All righty, Miles. On your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize thee, my brother Miles, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think Lance has our announcements and uh, sharing some things. Brother, turn it to you. Man, you don't really need to know anything after that. <laughs> uh, but just so you do know, uh, we are having a fun, family fun event. Uh, we do, we've been doing this every year now for almost four years, I feel like, um, at um, Pirates Bay. Um, and that's going to be this next Sunday. Yes, next Sunday, uh, July the 24th, right after church. You can head that way. Me and Rhonda will be there at the gate. Um, it's $20 per uh, child that's under uh, 18. Um, and then parents are free because we'll take more eyes. All right? Um, so if you, if you want to come and help us watch, uh, you parents, you will get in free. Adults, you will get in free. And so... Um, and please sign up by uh, July the 22nd. So you got a few more days to sign up. Please do that. Uh, that really helps us, y'all. I know that it's hard to commit sometime to something, um, but it will help us to know as far as like how many pizzas to tell the concession stand to make um, because we usually provide lunch while we're there. So if you could sign up, even if you think you're coming, it would be better for you to come, sign up and then not come then for you to probably just show up. Does that make sense? Okay, so please sign up for that. Also, um, there is a fifth Sunday offering, July uh, the 31st, so the last Sunday of this month, for our building fund. Uh, we've been doing this um, every month that has a fifth Sunday in it just to keep it before us that um, as God has called us to, to build these buildings, these new facilities, um, uh, we need uh, your giving, uh, your sacrificial gifts to, to make that happen. And so uh, be praying about your offering that you can give on that Sunday. Also, um, we do a thing, if you don't know, uh, a discipleship um, in a part of our path is utilizing uh, D-Life. Um, D-Life is a, is a great way to be discipled and to grow uh, uh, in, in your uh, love for Christ, uh, in your relationship with Christ. Uh, and, and basically, it's, it's taken us to back to how Jesus did it, right? Which I don't know at what point we fell off the bandwagon and thought we had a better idea than Jesus. Um, but we did, and so this has taken us back to Jesus to be able to do that. So I think we got a video for us uh, that's going to be played here in just a second, or maybe it's playing right now, and y'all think that I'm supposed to be saying the words that the guy's saying, but I'm not. Um, 
So real quick before we play that D-Life video, I uh, just want to encourage y'all that we just got back from camp. It was awesome, amazing. We, had some, we experienced God in, in some ways that we needed to experience God. Um, and just as, as some of us were lost and now are found, we have some materials over there for you students that you lost and you need to find them. So we have a lost and found box over there that please, before you leave, mamas, daddies, you go see if your stuff's over there. So let me pray for us. Then we're going to hit the D-Life video, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today, God. We just praise your name, God, for who you are despite who we are. God, we don't deserve to be here today. We don't deserve the opportunity to worship you. We don't deserve to still have a breath in our lungs. But your grace invaded our lives. And for that, I'm grateful. Let us not miss that today. God, help us to not just come in here like we normally do and do the normal things. But God, call us to worship you. Invade our lives. Invade our hearts. Invade our minds. And God, get us to the place that we need to be today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, my name's Bill Wilkes, and I am the author and the lead trainer for D-Life. My wife, Rondi, and I are perhaps one of our other exceptional trainers are looking forward to being with you for D-Life Boot Camp. Ministries all over the world are using D-Life as a tool to equip and empower their people for a lifestyle of disciple-making. Now, D-Life is not a new program. You know we do not need any more new programs. But D-Life is a lifestyle of disciple-making modeled after the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. D-Life is biblical. The Bible is our only textbook. D-Life is missional. It's a way we get outside the walls of our church to make disciples. D-Life is multi-generational. It's for all ages, from students all the way to senior adults. Most importantly, D-Life is reproducible. It's a way that we make and multiply disciples. If you will come to this training, you will learn how to make disciples who make disciples as a way of life. The goal of D-Life is to see a global grassroots disciple-making movement. And we are so excited that you will be joining this movement. So I encourage you to sign up for the training. I believe it will prove to be the greatest training event you have ever experienced. It'll change your life. It'll change the way you think about people. And it can greatly impact the ministry of your church to your community. At a D-Life Boot Camp, we don't just talk about disciple making, but our goal is to train you to be a disciple maker for the rest of your life. So sign up and we'll look forward to you being there. God bless. Hi, my name is Will. 
I guess we're on. Well, good morning. Um, Randy asked us to, a couple of weeks ago. He went on the um, New Orleans. Am I correct? We've got a lot of mission trips going on, so I'm getting a lot of confused. Um, he went on the New Orleans mission trip and asked us to get a group together, so we are fresh. I don't know what we are. Unrehearsed. We've never done any of these songs for you guys, I don't think, the first two. So we're going to ask you to stand and sing with us. The Bible says in Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2, Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. We need you guys to help us this morning. We're going to sing Shepherd.
also says to sing unto the Lord a new song. That was a new one for me, and so is this one. It's going to be new for you guys, too. Uh, how I love to worship my Lord and Savior. And you may be worshiping Him in different ways, different forms. You may not be a hand lifter. These guys right here, I watched them worship all week long. They went into communities and they served people that they didn't know. They didn't even realize probably they, I don't know. Um, but I watched them serve, and what a joy it is um, to watch fellow believers serve the Lord. So um, join us in um, how I love to worship you. And we didn't even get to practice with her Wednesday night. So y'all need to really pray for us today. <laughs> Beautiful song.
tell you what, I watched that the second time, and that's a pretty cool video. And um, Connor, was that you dancing in the front of that, first of that? Where is Connor here? I was trying to think. First, I thought that was Joel. Was that you, Joel? It was. Do what? Yeah, I wanted to make sure. I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that. It brought back a lot of memories of, of camp back when I was young and everything. And, and, and you know, just thinking as adults, I'm sure because students come back and, man, they're all fired up. And, of course, we haven't been to camp. And, and so they probably think, man, you guys need to wake up. And I'm sure you all are probably thinking that about us today. Is that right? I see uh, Emily nodding her head. So we need to wake up and praise the Lord today, don't we? And so praise God. Listen, though, a lot of great things went on. Appreciate Lance, all of his chaperones. Had, I guess, uh, over 80. Is that correct, brother? Over 80 that went on the trip between us and Piney. Just a great, great group. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. I mean, I'm just thinking that is absolutely awesome. So anyway, appreciate y'all. Glad you're back safe and sound. Glad you've had some wonderful experiences. And maybe you can wake some of us old folks up, students, so y'all will certainly want to worship the Lord together. If you have your Bibles today, we're in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 16 today. Acts chapter 16 will be our, our text for the morning, and uh, we're looking at uh, primarily the Philippian jailer. Probably most folks are familiar with uh, this story about uh, uh, how God saved this, this uh, jailer uh, and uh, how God actually shook this place uh, here at Philippi. And so we're going to talk about that today, and I just entitled it Chain Breaker. Chain Breaker, you know, I've thought about and kind of refer to that song in just a minute, but uh, there's a song we sing sometimes called Chain Breaker, and you've heard that, I'm sure, and, and our Lord is a chain breaker. And, and in this passage today, we're going to see some chains that fall off here at Philippi, uh, literally, chains that fall off or bonds that fall off, uh, but, but there were other chains that, that fell off as well. More importantly, there were chains on, on the hearts of this Philippian jailer, uh, the chains on the hearts uh, of the of the lady, the demon possessed girl who was delivered, and I don't know that she got saved, but we I, I'd like to think she did. That's earlier in this passage. But then also uh, a lady by the name of Lydia, a businesswoman there, Philippi. She she believed the Lord opened her heart to be able to understand the gospel, and she got saved. and And so I say all that we think about the chains of, of Philippi, but but there were other chains that bound the hearts of of these people that. And when they came to Christ, the, the, the change came off. And, and for us today, for some of you here this morning, maybe the, you know, the, that your heart is chained, that you don't know Christ and you, you've never trusted him. You know about him, but you may not know him personally in, in, a, in a personal way. You've never been born again, perhaps. But, but also even that with but, but other things, even as believers, there are sins that can get a hold of us and hold on to us and bind us. And so today, let me just introduce you to the chain breaker, and his name is Jesus. And, and I don't know how and what all you need to hear today, but the Holy Spirit does. And, and so, so we, as we think about that, even this morning, let's, let's stand together as we read God's Word together. And um, I'd like, if I may, just to uh, backtrack just a little bit uh, to verse 16. So we're in Acts chapter 16 and verse 16, because I want you to see how that Paul and Silas ended up in jail. Verse 16 says, As they were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God 
who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking, attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many bows upon them, blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke through the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them and rejoiced with his entire household that he had believed in God. And we'll stop there. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful, Lord, this morning for your word. And, and Father, we just ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And, and Lord, you know just what we need to hear. Father, you know everything about us. And and so, Lord, right now, I just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, minister to our hearts. And, um, and, Lord, today, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, I pray this will be the time. If there's someone maybe watching online today, and they've never placed their faith in Christ, Lord, I pray this will be the time and the hour of that. Lord, I pray for every believer here today that, Lord, you just minister and speak to our hearts and draw us to you. And, and Lord, for those chains that may be binding us today, Lord, you know that, Lord, we know that you can set us free. And so, Lord, now, just uh, have your way in this time. I pray for help, Lord, in proclaiming your word. In Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I referred to that song, Chain Breaker, just a moment ago. And, and you know, in the chorus of that, and you probably know it, but it says, if you've got pain, if you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison-shaking Savior. <laughs> if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. And I love that. It, uh, I really had never noticed in that song that it says that Jesus is a prison-shaking Savior. And that's hard to say real fast, actually. But, you know, and that's exactly true. And, and no doubt the writer of that song had this story on his mind. I mean, no doubt that, that you know, when you think about only the Lord can break those chains in our lives. And for some of you today, you know, maybe there's something that's binding you, you know, and, and holding you down. And, and I just want to encourage you today to know that, listen, the Lord can set you free. And only the Lord can set you truly free, right? You can go to, and there's all kinds of good things you can do. You can get help. You can talk to folks and, and support groups. And that's all wonderful and fine and accountability. We need that. But I'm going to tell you, only Jesus can set you free. Religion cannot set you free. 
You can show up every Sunday and still be bound, right? But only Jesus can, can truly set you free. Now, I want us to see what happened and what took place in this story uh, about this jailer, but not only the jailer. As I mentioned, also, we see others in this story that, that uh, were set free. This demonic girl, back in chapter, or in, uh, starting in verse 16, we don't know that she was saved. I like to think that she was. Certainly, she was set free from that demon possession. But he, that even if you backtrack even more to Lydia, you know, when they went down to pray and there was Lydia and, and the Bible says God opened up her heart to believe. So all these chains were falling. And, and, and guys, I'm just saying today, so many times we go on with all the things in our lives and we just need to let God have control and have his way in our hearts today. I want to give you three things as we think about uh, God being a chain breaker in our lives. And the first is this. We see the prayer and praise of his servants. We see the prayer and the praise of his servants. In verse 25, it says then, you know, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, so here it is about midnight. They were, they were praying and, and, and singing hymns to God, and, and the other, other prisoners were, were listening. And of course, to backtrack, how did they get in this place? Well, they had arrived into Philippi, Again, they went down by the riverside, it says, in the early part of this chapter, uh, trying to find a place of prayer. There were some folks there praying, some women there praying, and, and there was Lydia. And so as they, as they prayed or went to pray, certainly they preached the word, and God opened her heart, and she was saved. But then later on, they're going again to pray, and, and we see that, and here's this demon-possessed girl that is crying out, Hey, these men are... Prophets, they are here to speak about the one true God, the way of salvation. So day in, day out. Hey, these men are here to proclaim the one true way of salvation. Hey, for several days it says, this went on. It says Paul was annoyed. It's interesting that he was annoyed. After a while, I guess he'd let it go on for several, and he was annoyed. And he turned and he said to the, to the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, what, to come out? And, and so the, the Spirit left because there's power in the name of Jesus, right? It was not the power in Paul saying it. No, it was power in the name of, of Jesus. And so, so then, you know, this, this girl apparently by this evil spirit could predict the future. She was making a lot of money for her owners. And so now the Spirit's gone. She's been set free, you know, and, and she can't predict the future anymore. There's no demonic activity. She, she's delivered, but then the owners say, wait a minute, man, that was, our, that was our way of making money. And so what happens? Well, we see that it says they, they, they bring them, right? They drag them into the marketplace, if you will, verse 19. And, they, and when they have brought them to the magistrates, these men are Jews. They are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Was that true? No, the bottom line was, we're not making money anymore. <laughs> you know, you really want to, if you really want to get to somebody, you get in their pocketbook, right? Get to the billfold. And that's, that's really the thing. We're not making money anymore. So the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave order to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. See, now, no doubt this was one of the three times that Paul said, three times I was beaten with rods. How many of you growing up have ever had a whipping? 
Several have had several whippings, Billy. I see those hands. Uh, how many of you have ever had a whooping? Now, we've talked about this. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Angie, for <laughs> whoopings are much worse than whippings, I think. <laughs> I've had both. <laughs> I don't mean that to sound braggingly, but, you know, but the point is that I've never been beaten with a rod. Um, <laughs> Nita Joe said the worst whipping she ever got was with a, whip, with a flip-flop. Now, I have our mama, and that, that'd probably be bad, but, but I've never been beaten with rods. But, but just to think about, here's what I want you to see. It says then in verse 25, read that again, and, and, and it's about midnight, read that, and, and what is it? And they're praying, and they are singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to him. Now, here's my thought. So they've been beaten with rods, no doubt their backs, because they tore the garments off of them, right? And, and you know, as a kid, before you got a whipping or something, sometimes you want to pad things up a little bit. There was no padding up. And they beat them. Their back, you know, no doubt was split open. It's bleeding. It hurts. And what are they doing? It says they're praying. Well, now I can understand that part a little better. And they were about prayer. Again, remember, they were going to pray when the girl got delivered from the demon. They were going to pray when, when Lydia got saved. Good things happen when God's people pray. Amen? Listen, and it's not that we do it, but God puts us in a place where he can use us. And so, so anyway, good things happen. We need to be praying and praying God to move. But then not only were they praying, but they were also praising, singing hymns to God. Now, that part kind of amazes me. Does it you? Listen, you know, so many times when, when things are going good, I have no problem praising the Lord, right? But when things are going bad, you know, that, that's a different thing. But here it is, in the midst of the badness, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the pain, what, is, what are they doing? They're singing hymns to God. They're praising. They're praising. You know, people expect us to praise God when everything's good, but when you praise God when everything's bad, people take note. Yeah. Now maybe, and I don't know, maybe, and, and not only were they, were they, were they hurting, but, but then, you know, they're, they're fastened up here, right? I mean, they're fastened into inner stocks. I mean, and, and so, so, so could you almost hear, and this is not in the text, and I don't know that either one of them even said this, but can you almost hear, maybe, maybe Paul said to Silas, you know, we ought to sing a little praise to the Lord. And maybe Silas said, Paul, are you kidding? Man, I'm hurting. Everything's hurting. I can't, I'm uncomfortable in these stocks and these chains here. I can't, man, I don't feel like praising the Lord. Now, we don't know they even said that, right? And maybe Paul would have might have said, well, but you know, you know, but you know, Silas, isn't God still God? <laughs> isn't God still on the throne? And, 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 and maybe, you know, you know, Paul, you're right. And even though I don't feel good, even though I'm hurting like I've never hurt before, and even though I'm uncomfortable, and even though I'm not really happy-go-lucky right now, <laughs> man, God is still worthy of praise. Amen. Now here's the question. What's our excuse? I'm talking to me. What's our excuse? Well, I don't feel like going to church today. You ever not feel like going to church? Anybody ever feel like not going? You can be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. You know, you heard about the guy, you heard about the guy, the lady went in and see, get her husband up. Hey, it's time, time to go to church. Get up, it's time to go to church. He said, I ain't going. He rolled over. She went back in a few minutes later and said, hey, get up, it's time to go to church. He said, I ain't going. 
She went in third time. She said, look, Buster, get up. It's time to go to church. He said, I ain't going. They don't like me down there. They don't treat me well. She said, look, you're going to church. Here's why. Number one, you're the, to be the spiritual leader of this home. Your children need an example. And number three, you're the pastor. They're waiting on you. <laughs> Amen. So some, I'm just saying, sometimes preachers, you know, I'm going to go to church. But you know what? It's not really about whether I want to. It's not really about how I feel. You know, it's not about whether we know the songs this morning. Listen, uh, the ladies did a wonderful job of team leading us in songs today. And, and you know what? I didn't know the songs either, but I'm trying to praise the Lord. And, and, you know, we need to, and I was thinking of this. You know, it's easy to praise God when everything's good, but what about when it's not? What about when you're hurting? What about when you're, when you're in a, a dark place in life? What about when there's no money in the bank account? What about when, you know, the child is sick or your mama, daddy's sick? Or what about when death comes in the family? Can you still praise God then? Because when we praise God in the low times, in the valleys of life, people take notice and say, whoa, 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 something's going on. Something must be about this Jesus because they're still praising God and look what's going on with them. And so when we gather together, here, listen, I don't know if we understand, and I credit Alistair Begg with this. I love to listen to that guy talk. Alistair Begg, he said this, I'm not sure the church understands the evangelistic tool of worship. These two guys are worshiping God in this jail and somebody got saved. Worship is for God's people. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, listen, if you, if you know the Lord, then you know why we're praising the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, you can expect somebody not to praise the Lord. But, but if we know Jesus, we ought to be praising him. And it's not about how we feel. It's about that Jesus is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And so, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, somebody in the church not saved, you don't expect them to sing, but if you're saved, you ought to be singing. I ought to be singing. We ought to be praising God. Because people are watching. They're watching. And if we're just sitting there like a bump on the log, you know, listen, there's no worship in that. If we're thinking about what we're going to do when we get out of here. <laughs> Listen, I'm guilty too at times. I mean, I'm just saying we're all human, but we ought to be focused on the Lord. He is worthy of praise, whether we know the song, whether we don't know the song, whether we feel good, whether we don't feel good, whether whatever. Listen, Jesus is worthy of all praise, and somebody ought to just praise his name right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen. And so we see them praying and praising and and how is it that chains are broken? And even in our own lives. Think about this. So many times we can focus on other things, or focus on ourselves rather than focusing on others. And, and you know, somebody said this. You think about it again. They're in a bad situation. I think it's Chuck Swindoll said one time that life is about 10% what happens and 90% how you take it. <laughs> the ratio may vary, but... Life's about 10% what happens and 90% how you take it. And for Paul and Silas, they weren't focused on being in jail, on their condition. They were focused on Jesus, and that's good for me and you too. Amen. Here's the second thing. We see the plea of the jailer. Let's, let's move on to our story. I love the story. It says, so about midnight, Paul and Silas, verse 25, were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison was shaken were shaken, uh, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. 
I almost entitled this Jailhouse Rock, but I found every other preacher entitled this Jailhouse Rock. And so anyway, it's kind of corny, and I backed off of that. But still, God had the original Jailhouse Rock right here. In verse 27, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Now, why is he doing that? Why, why has he suddenly become suicidal? No doubt it was life for life. He was in charge of these prisoners, and he knew if they escape, it's just a matter of time, they're going to get me for that. And so that's what he's that doing. But notice, but Paul, verse 28, but Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, we're all here. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in, trembling with fear, and fell down before Paul and Silas. Now, here's a, you know, I've just thought, this wouldn't have been nice. It wouldn't have been Christian at all. But, you know, who had, who did the beating on Paul and Silas? You know, did, you know, we know the jailers, he's over them, right? Did he do some of the beating? I don't know. Did the magistrates do that? I don't know. But nonetheless, here's this jailer. You know, he's, he's the one that's been, he's the one in charge of keeping them there. How easy would it have been for Paul to see him getting ready to fall on his sword and just let him go? How easy would it have been for somebody to say, well, you know what, that's what he deserves. The way people are saved is that we love them into the kingdom. And Paul loved this guy. Even though this guy may have done and probably did, went along with things that were done to him. You know, listen, law, listen here's, here is a law that I think will always prove true. Listen, lost people act like lost people. And sometimes we'll find, and the reason I say that is because sometimes we'll find ourselves getting mad at somebody because of the way they treated us, right? That's an unbeliever. See, the trouble is when, when Christians act like lost people. That's the trouble. Yeah. But lost people are going to act like lost people. They're going to do what lost people do, right? And, and so, so Paul didn't ha had no animosity for this guy, for whatever he had done. He had no animosity for him, and he loved him. And that's how people are one into the kingdom of God, in that, that we love them. And yes, they may mistreat us. They may treat us uh, or say things to us and slander us, but yet we love them because we know that there is an enemy that's behind all of that. And, and so we see Paul here, you know, he, he, he's quick, he, he loves him. He says, no, don't harm yourself. We're, we're all here. And, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Simon. Verse 30, here's the plea. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Now, here's the initial question. How did he know about asking Paul and Silas what to do to be saved? Well, no doubt he was listening while they were praying and singing. No doubt he heard that. I don't know how big the jail was. Probably wasn't a huge place. But he heard them singing. Had he said anything to this point? No. Had any of the other prisoners? No, not that we know of. We have no record of it. But, but he had heard them singing about Jesus, no doubt, and heard them singing these hymns and maybe even knew a little bit of what they had said, perhaps, or message. But, but, but he wants to know. He knows who to go to. He knows who to go to. Some of you work with people, and listen, man, they just, woo, they may treat you terrible. <laughs> they may treat you terrible, but God's got you there for, a right, for the right reason. You know, you can be, you can be in, the, in, a, in a really mess and be right in the will of God. That's the way Paul and Silas. 
I mean, you talk about finding themselves in jail. You think, well, what'd we do? Well, they were there for preaching the gospel. You might be the only light in a dark place. Listen, you let your light shine because when somebody might make fun of you today, but tomorrow when they're going through a rough time, they know where they can come to talk. Amen? Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah, people treat you like a dog, but then, but they know, and they know where you stand, students. You know, they know where you stand at school, and you walk with Christ, and, and they may make fun of you publicly, but then when there's something going on, they'll know who they can talk to, and so he said, what, what must I do to be saved? They were listening. You never know who's listening and who's watching. I remember many years ago, um, an example that... Uh, I, now, students, anyway, there used to be something called a check. Anybody ever heard of that? <laughs> anyway, and I don't remember if I'd written a check at Walmart. It's Walmart, Berea. Uh, somebody asked me one day, so how do you feel about living in a small town? Talking about center. I said, small town? Are you kidding? I had to travel 15 miles to the nearest Walmart in my last town. This is a big town. <laughs> Anyways, Walmart, I, I was trying to remember if I'd written a check, whatever it was, and I had to uh, I had to say, give an idea, I think it was, and I said, I'm any nation, or whatever it was I said. And this girl behind the counter, whom I, I still don't know who she was, she said, oh yeah, I know who you are. I know who you are. And she told me, I think at the time, but I'm forgetful with, of the connection. I thought, you know who I am? Talking to a guy right over here, um, I won't say one of our local businesses, and, uh, and, and I told him, I said, hey, I'm, my name's Eddie Nation. He said, yeah, I know who you are. And he said it about like that. Yeah, I know who you are. Well, see, the reason I told him who I was, not that I was in doubt of who, I want to know who he was. And he wouldn't tell me his name, but he said, yeah, I know who you are. I later found out. He had some cards there. If I just read the card, I would have known who he was. But anyway, I'm, I'm not the sharpest tool on the shed. But my point is this. People know who you are. And you'll be surprised at the people that know who you are. And they know where you go to church. And they know where you're at today, at this time, and they're watching. So when we get out there living our lives for the glory of God, let us live our lives for the glory of God. Because people are watching. And here's the, here's the biggest criticism of the church. Oh yeah, you come into church and, and you jump really high on Sunday, but then you live like the devil all week. May that never be us. May that never be me. If you have no one to pray for, pray for me. That my walk before Christ would be holy. That my walk before Christ would be genuine. I'm not perfect, but I'd like to be. And one day I will be, and you will be too. But until then, let us walk close after the Lord. Amen? Amen. So we hear the plea, what must I do to be saved? What, what, how, do, how can I be saved? Here's the, here's the promise, and we're done. Here's the promise, and, we, and we're finished. And so, in verse 31, and they said, believe in or believe on. Uh, that word can be translated either way. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. So, so what must I do to be saved? Believe on Christ. And believe on Christ. <laughs> what else? Believe on Christ. See, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. 
Now, what does it mean to believe on or believe in Jesus? Well, first of all, it means that we accept that Jesus is who he says. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. See, here's where I think, and this is just me thinking, and that can be dangerous. Here's what I think happens. A lot of people believe in Jesus and want him as Savior, but they don't want him as Lord. Are you with me? Yeah, everybody wants to go to heaven, or most, I think, want to go to heaven, but I don't really want to live for Jesus right now. So that, that's the way some... And so, so listen, you can't separate that. Either you trust him as the son of God. If he is the son of God, he has authority in your life and over my life and everything we do. And so we must trust him as Lord. I mean, can we grow in that? As, sure, as we get older, sure. If you were saved like me at a young age, you know, as you get older, you have more of those moments, I think, of surrendering to the lordship of Christ. But even still, even still, we, we must trust him as, as Lord. So it means that we're willing to forsake our sin. Uh, it's, it means we're willing to turn from anything and every, to turn to Christ and Christ alone. Here's Matthew 13 has two parables in it. The parable of the man who found the treasure, right? Uh, the treasure that was greater than anything he had the hidden treasure, and also of the, of the pearl of great price. Two parables illustrating the same thing. First parable, let me just say this. So a man's walking along, he finds, he finds a treasure in a field. It's greater than anything he owns. Anything. What does he do, Jesus said? He goes and sells all that he has and gives to buy that field to have that treasure. He hasn't lost anything. He's gained more than he's ever had. That is what it means to come to Christ. We are not losing. Oh, we might lose things of this world that are temporary, but oh, what we gain. Are you with me? Oh, of what we gain. Oh, of what is waiting for us. Yes, you may give up things here. Yes, you forsake things here. Yes, you give up sin here. But to gain Christ, who is better and greater than all, Is he your greatest treasure? Is he? Does he mean more to you than anything? Oh, he can. If you're willing to give the other up. Jesus met a man. He said, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, you know the commandments. He said, oh, I've kept all those. <laughs> Jesus said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And the man went away sad because he had great treasure. I'm just asking you, I'm asking me too, what is it today you need to give up for the sake of Christ? What is it today you're holding on to for life it's not giving you life. Only Jesus can do that. I'm not saying you have to go out and sell your home and everything unless the Lord tells you that. But the, listen, there should not be anything that stands between us and Christ. Is there anything standing between you and Christ? It'll never save you. It'll never bring happiness. It'll never bring joy. It'll never fill your heart. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Notice, too, in this passage, one more thing, we're going to close. Just notice that after this, what he does, let me just point it out to you, there was fruit. There was fruit of salvation, right? There was fruit of salvation um, because after he heard the word, it says in verse 33, 
um, or excuse me, verse 32, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. He washed their wounds. He might, been the, he might have been one of the old boys that was hitting, right? But he washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, right? We had a baptism this morning, but he was baptized at once, it, 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 right? First step of obedience. And in the Scripture, we see that so closely tied to, to salvation, right? And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Some of you today may need to be baptized. You know, you've come to Christ, and, and if so, the first step is to be baptized. Then he brought them into his house and set food. Listen, he brought them up to his house. He set them down at his table. He set food before them, and, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Listen, something happened that night. That old boy got saved, and so we see him fearing and trembling. What must I do to be saved? And then we see him rejoicing. He's come to know the Lord. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. That all, that's a mark of the Spirit of God. Is there any joy in your heart today? Is there? I mean, is there? I mean, not to manufacture that, but is there joy in your heart? You might not be like me. I mean, I can't do cartwheels, but you might not be doing cartwheels down the aisle and things. You might. But I believe if there's joy in our hearts, go come across our face every now and then. Amen? You know, preachers are notorious for always looking like, you know, we're, our stomach hurts or something, right? You know that? Now, there is holiness, but I think even in holiness, there's joy. You know, what is it, uh, Brandon Brad, we know that God is most glorified in us, right? When we are most satisfied in him, John Piper. But, but the thing is, you know, the thing is, God brings joy in our hearts, doesn't he? I'm going to ask you this, and we'll close. Here, we're out of time. Here it is. Is there a song on your lips today for the Lord? Is there a song on your lips for the Lord? Did you wake up singing? And if there's no song on our lips, has the music gone from our heart? Listen, time to get it back. The Lord stands ready. He loves you and he loves me. Life's tough. Man, those things of life will ooh, lock us down. Chains. Oh, just everyday stuff. It's, even as believers, some of you today, you're chained by a lot of things. Jesus will set you free. Why don't you run to him right now? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. As we bow our heads and we get ready for a time of invitation, just to, to think about, even in our own hearts, what, what is it today that's, that's binding you down? What is it today in your heart that, that you just need to be set free of, you know? And as our team comes to lead us in a time of, of worship, why don't you just lay that burden down? Amen? Why don't you just lay that burden down? Maybe just to pray, Lord, would you just set me free this morning? Lord, would you just take all this, whatever this is in your life? Lord, I'm giving it all to you. Lord, I'm laying it all at your feet today.
Lord, here I am. Maybe a prayer might be, and, and listen, I'm not always joyful. I can get grumpy sometimes, asking me to Joe. And, but, but Lord, you know, I've just been grumpy, or I've been grouchy, or I've been irritable. You know, and if that's the case, what's really going on with you? You know? Lord, would you just take that today? I'm giving that to you. I'm giving you my pride. Lord, I'm giving you all my disobedience, all these things, Lord. I'm just laying that at your feet. Would you make that your prayer today? Lord, would you just set me free from the things that's binding me? Would you pray that today? And maybe for some of you this morning, you've never given your heart to Christ. You've never trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Why not today? Folks, listen, there's a real hell. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. There's nothing in this life that, that can even come close to comparing what God has for his children. Today, would you just call upon him? Would you run to him? Father, right now, as you speak to our hearts, Lord, draw us to you. Father, today, for those things in our lives that may be weighing us down, those things that may be entangling us, may we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, and may we run with perseverance the race you've marked out for us. Father, would you remind us of your forgiveness and of your love for us and of your mercy and of your grace. Thank you, Lord, for not treating us like we deserve. And Lord, right now, in this midst, if there be one that doesn't know you in a personal way, would you give them that boldness just to trust Jesus right now, to turn from their sin and turn to Christ? And would you give them boldness just to come and share that with me? Father, would you see that done? And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Let's stand together as we have a time of invitation, a time of commitment this morning. And just as God is dealing with your heart and you know, and just whatever you need to do between you and the Lord, whether it be here at the altar, whether it be in your seat, whatever that is, just to, just to uh, be honest with the Lord. I see we're singing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Listen, maybe just to spend some time as believers in praising the Lord, thanking Him for pro pro providing a way for us to be saved. So I'll turn it over to our team, and as they sing, you come.
Jesus to cleanse any sinner, no matter how far, how much, how deep, all those things. God is able to take all that away and to give us life, life eternal. And I want you to go home with that thought today. Listen, glory to his name because the blood was applied. If you're a believer today, the blood was applied to you. Amen? Amen. Thank you all for leading us. What a wonderful wonderful uh, time of invitation. God bless you. We're glad you're here this morning, and uh, it's good to see you. We, like I said, we've got a group that's gone to New Orleans, and they're traveling uh, today, so pray for them and pray for kingdom advancement uh, this week and, uh, and all the good things. We're going to ask you, if you will, just to stack chairs for us, eight high, before you leave, if you're able to do that. Thank you uh, for doing that today before uh, you leave today. And again, let me just uh, offer up a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. All right, Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your blessings. And Father, even now, we just pray, Lord, we know you, you're going before us, you're going ahead of us as we leave this place to enter into the mission field, wherever that might be. So Lord, help us to be your hands, your feet, Lord, your mouth to speak. Lord, just a word for you. Thank you, Lord, for that blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus that was uh, applied to us as your children. And Lord, today, even still, even right now, if there's someone here that's never trusted you, I pray, Lord, they'd see someone today before they leave. See that done. In Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you.